Hey, all you cats and kittens, this is Zach coming at you. Uh, the episode and review that you're about to hear on The Great Debate 109, which we're very proud of, as we are, and this might surprise you, proud of all of the episodes we put out. Unfortunately, however, we had some issues during the recording of this episode with connection and background noise. I've done my best to clean it up and edit around that, but you will be hearing some additional voices and sounds throughout the episode. I think if you're willing to look past that, you'll really enjoy what you hear. So suck it up. Now you know it's coming, so you won't be surprised by it. Okay, now that I've set your expectations a little more properly, now you might be in the right headspace to enjoy our show. Let's do this. Hi, before we get started with the episode, We just wanted to point you in the direction of the social accounts we've set up for the show to help you guys engage with us and communicate and get involved with our show. You can email us at can'tdisappointpodcast at gmail.com. Emailing us will really be the best way to talk to us directly and conversate with us on air during the show. Also, be sure to like You Can't Disappoint a Podcast on Facebook. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast and Twitter at You Can't Disappoint that's disappod like disappoint so there's one s and two p's well thanks for tuning in and let's kick off the episode here we go <laughs> and just 10 minutes ago a bald bespectacled man held the door for a man in a wheelchair oh. man is good oh <laughs> i hate this guy Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. In 1942... What? There was a man named Frederick Johansson. What? You don't know the name. No. But in two hours and 17 minutes, my friend, you certainly will. Hi, I'm Steve, and welcome to You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. And this is a very special episode. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't in my notes at all. (laughs) Oh, wait, hold on. Is this next week's show? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> now no one will listen next week. I know. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Hi, welcome to the show. I'm Zach, uh, a barrel-chested man with just enough tummy to love. And I'm Steven, and I've had a soul patch accidentally. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show, guys. Episode 9, Debate 109. We're here. Yeah, I really enjoyed this another week i did too man this one holds up so well absolutely i was really hyped for this especially after the watchathon that we did with communities and the rest of our our gang yes quick shout out communities follow them thank you for listening to us on their behalf c-o-m-m-u-n-i-e-s-s they're cool the end go ahead and then i and it, and it lived up there was one moment where i it kind of caught me off guard because i laughed just out loud so loud <laughs> and it was great yeah there are a ton of lines that are in my, like, arson of community lines to whip out that were in this episode without me knowing it. Like, a ton. Oh, totally. Yeah, so how are you, buddy? I'm doing pretty well. I, uh, successfully used a power drill last night. For the first time? No, almost, but not quite. Yeah, I don't think I could go near anything like like that at all. Yeah, I was telling somebody, I kind of, I don't really know anything about tools. I just kind of have bought some, and now I'm just guessing. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I Okay, so for anyone who doesn't know, and I'm sure this won't surprise anyone, I'm a theater kid, and being involved in community theater, after the last performance on the last day, 
they like have set strike and everyone's supposed to stay and help tear down the set and they're like tools and stuff and i'm always like i do these things because i don't do stuff like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's uh i was in marching band and and show choir and uh <laughs> there's some tear down with that too and i was always in the loading crew because i was one of the only people who wanted to move the stuff i not wanted but would move the stuff yeah but definitely not a crowd who you think you know plans on doing a lot of yeah manual labor for something like marching band that is surprisingly laborious oh yeah same with show choir that just made me think of me and steven were in show choir together in high school because we're super cool Oh, yeah. And I remember for whatever reason, our choir, we always did like lifted risers to where we'd bring. <laughs> so at the show choir competitions, there are like sets of risers to perform on. And our like show setup would have extra risers that we brought and in like a timed, like really quick period of time had to add extra risers and like bolt them down to the risers. And oh God, It was, that was literally awful. like we were a pit crew, like, yeah. like, like a pit stop team. And then we like, had to sing and dance for 25 minutes like we would literally come like and then tear it down in on the stage like fastening things and getting straps on still and still putting your clothes putting on, on sparkly clothes on yeah, yeah it was outrageous totally. yeah man <laughs> and the the lifted risers totally added nothing to it at all no it just it made it visually confusing but anyway you know, that's funny i haven't thought about that in a long time i do not miss show choir or high school I don't either, and I'm really glad that I don't miss high school. Okay, so obviously there are things from high school that I think maybe I could go back and do differently, but not bad enough to want to do it, no. you know? They always tell you when you're a kid that, you know, once you're an adult, you're going to wish you were a kid again, but that's not the way at all. There are some responsibilities that are annoying, but I'd rather deal with that than be a kid again. Yeah, I, I'm cool, you know? As awful as 2020 is, I would, I'm, I'm fine. Like, like, you know, being my age, like, I don't want to go back and yeah. be like, oh, I wish I could, you know, live through this part of high school again. Like, no, yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate it for what it was. But in the words of Sean Jay-Z Carter, on to the next one. On, on to the next. Another one. <laughs> DJ Khaled. All right. So this week we are talking about Debate 109. It originally aired on November 12th, 2009. Directed by Joe Russo and written by Tim Hobart, all names we've heard before at this point. Yeah. Yeah, it was a total classic. We have an email as Ooh. well. This is from Matt. Um, he says, best Abed version of a member of the study group. He says, that's my main question to you. Have a great one, guys. Oh, I like that. You know, it's hard to say that because we only get a, a wisp of them. It's true. Um, I got to go with Troy because he looks like coolio and it makes me laugh every time that he looks like coolio yeah i'm gonna go with troy too because it totally feels like abed just went and grabbed one of the other like three black guys that goes <laughs> yeah. to Greendale, who looks and sounds and acts nothing like troy <laughs> oh it's so good but for me pierce is a close second because he does a pretty spot-on job whereas well, like the troy is very clearly not troy Pierce is pretty close. Early fun fact, during the commentary I learned that the fake Pierce is Chevy Chase's real life like stand-in 
for Are you stunts. Serious? And, and he's been Chevy Chase's stand-in for, like, at that point, like, 20, 30 years. So they've, they've worked together like that for a long time. That's crazy. You know what that reminds me of? And we're not going to dive into this right this second. Okay, we might. <laughs> Bill Gates impersonator. Oh, yeah, Nathan for you. Yeah. Quick shout-out to a really great show that's uh, it gets its love, but is probably still underrated. Check that out if you need something to watch. I, I saw a meme that somebody said that 2020 seems like an episode of Nathan for you gone wrong. <laughs> I love that show. I miss that show. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, trivia. Yeah. Trivia. Have we, have we covered all the bases? Is there any, is there any other housekeeping we need to do? Let's roll. Um, you, okay. I had a little bit of trouble with trivia for this one. I'm not gonna lie. I did too, just because I was really watching it. This one's really good. I was good. too, and I feel I was like, laughing too hard. Yeah, and I was like, everything's so memorable. Like I don't, nothing's like a trivia question, but I, I did my best. I have three and like a bonus. Okay, then you go first. Okay, on the banner above the stage when they're debating, it lists what division they are in. What mm-hmm. division were they in? They are division three, right? Yeah, that's what it oh, is. Oh, nice, nice. Ooh. I, I did take a little bit. I, I did see that at one point today. That's good. That was a good question. I had to dig a little bit, too. I was looking at the background, like, what can I write down? Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, my question. First question. Why does Shirley suggest that Britta start smoking again? Uh, is it more specific than it was just a general that she is mean when she's not smoking? It is more specific, yes. It's like, like a what specific did she line. Say? Yeah. Um... Oh, I'm not sure. That's okay. It it was kind of tough to pick out because it was like kind of in the mix of other people saying things, okay. but Shirley's was kind of the loudest. What was it? It was, it'll help you lose weight and your skin looks really great when you do smoke. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did hear mm-hmm. that. Okay. Um, what is the difference in life expectancy of a man in a community as we learned in Jeremy's speech? Ooh, I think, is it 23 years? Yes, it is. Exactly oh, as old nice. as I am. Are you 23 oh. as well? I am 23 now as well. Yeah. It's yeah. our it's our Jordan year. I don't get it. <laughs> 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 Was that a good year for Michael Jordan? Is that what? <laughs> his, his, uh, his jersey number is 23. Oh, my God. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, good thing that wasn't a trivia question. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait till we get a real sportsy episode that I can... Lay one on me. <laughs> okay, how does Britta make Troy cry? Um, he, it's a, she, I don't remember the specific insults, but they were about his feet being long and stupid. That's exactly what it was, that they were long and stupid. <laughs> that was a really great, we'll talk about it in the episode, that was a really yeah. great like thing to start a scene with, them walking and having that conversation. That was funny. So um, good. In Troy and Abed's in tag when they're recreating the spanish rap what take were they on oh my gosh okay my third question is about that as well and this was almost my question but it was not i believe it it was take 36 yes sir what's yours nice okay in the closing tag what advice does abed give the fake troy and abed um oh what is he says just have fun with it that's exactly what it is yeah my bonus question, and it's a question to everyone, write in your opinion to us. Man, good or evil? <sighs> okay, so I wasn't sure if we were going to get into this. Might I'm well. going to say... We have to. Yeah. Are we... Okay. Just as a, as a light point answer to this, before okay. we dive into the episode. Yes. I would say that my viewpoint on it lies closest 
with the um, quote that Simmons gives before his like final actual speech speech, like at the at the last debate. What was it? Where he says that we cannot blame the snow for being soiled by the earth. Mm, that's I think a really that man that's a good point. With good intent, I think that man starts with without really ill intent, but I think that yeah. we're given a lot of choices early on. Um, yeah. And we see people around us make a lot of choices early on that yeah. can influence kind of our path that we take. We are all kind of born a blank slate. Mm-hmm. And what we're presented does inform who we become a lot. I have the feeling I'm a little bit more pessimistic where I totally agree with you. But I think there really is no exact good or evil. Mm-hmm. I think everyone does plenty of both. I think everyone, to a good extent, sees themselves as the good guy in their own story. And I also think each of us, if we looked hard enough, we're, we could probably be the villain in someone else's story. Absolutely. I actually I had some conversations uh, with someone this week about kind of uh, perspective and like perception of some things that like we all do and kind of how like even if mm-hmm. something to you isn't a big deal, like a little comment, a little thing, to someone else it could have a major impact. You know, or like an action that you did because of something that somebody went through can like mean a lot more to them than it did to you. You mm-hmm. know, and it's and it's and it can be unintentional, but it's all like ha- kind of how you perceive things and how other people perceive what you're doing. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Uh with all the awful stuff that's been happening this year, the one thing that's been a glowing positive are these com- these difficult conversations that were like finally being expected and told to have and you can strike them up with just about anybody and i think that's awesome absolutely they're not always positive but i still think it's awesome woo anything else to talk about do we want are you ready to hop into this this boy? i'm I, blue skidoo we can too let's do it <laughs> all right so yeah it opens up with pierce telling a joke we only get a little wisp of it I'm not sure exactly what he was going for. Everyone seems really concerned. Right. It kind of reminds me of um, in Austin Powers and Goldmember when they're telling the joke and it ends with, and she shot on a turtle. (laughs) I've been having a, I've been thinking the last couple days, honestly, I've been having an inkling to watch the Austin Powers movies again. I'm a fan. It's been a while. They're nothing special, but they're very funny. And they're They're like, a lot of the things from that era that are, that were funny don't really hold up now but that's a really great just turn off your brain and it's silly i think that i like i quote a lot of things from a lot of things but i quote a lot of things from austin powers specifically fat bastard lines one of my favorite i don't know why it is but one of my favorite jokes ever is in i think the first one when austin is walking to a bathroom in a casino and he's been like following this guy and there's a bathroom attendant and he's blind and has like darkened glasses on. And Austin, as he's coming in all sly, says, "You didn't happen to see anything, did you?" <laughs> he, he realizes who he's talking to halfway through it. <laughs> I, when I was a kid, I used to say, "Nice to mole you, meet you," every like ten minutes. I swear. Mole, 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 mole. That Chopping one up in my guacamole. Can you hear me? I still I still bust that one out a little too often. I feel like you sang Daddy Wasn't There in one of our podcasts. I think I I tried to sing Daddy Wasn't There like three times. I think I may Look, have started it several there's times. There's some good episode. songs in the Austin Powers films. Where, <laughs> we thought we were starting the episode of Community. There are a lot of good original songs in the <laughs> we Austin were Powers so close. films. 
And everyone goes with Daddy Wasn't There, but I think the best one is, I think, from the first one, where it's like, BBC One, BBC Two. Do you remember that one? <laughs> I do. That one's good. I So, I'm, I'm a Daddy Wasn't There fan. <laughs> yeah, But I also great. like... Um, Daddy Wasn't That Peace. <laughs> but I, but I, I like also the usage of... Um, I am going to kick myself in the face for not remembering what this is called. Can, mm. can we stop for one second so I can find the name of it? Yeah, but I might still use this to make fun of you, depending on where this goes. Okay, um, there's a Quincy Jones song. It's a samba oh. that he uses in Goldmember, and it's one of my mm. favorites, and it's really, really great. And they play it for that whole like intro scene where him like running through like the set where it's like a movie. Do 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 do. That's not just in. That's in all of them. That's like the theme song to the film franchise. Every 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 single one of them starts with something like that. That's true. That's that's true. But I really like when they do it in Goldmember the best. Yeah, I like the all the movie stars like as the Austin Powers characters too. Yeah, those are good. My favorite thing about this Pierce joke that he's telling isn't really anything that Pierce is saying, but I really like when he says, "Stop me if you heard this one." And Jeff says, "Would have been nice to have that option 27 minutes ago." Right, and so Britta's just sitting there looking pissed. <laughs> building up to this punchline for near half hour. Which is such a Pierce thing to do, because you know he's probably stopped and started, like, several times. The Dean's announcements come on, they mention the debate team, Annie is excited, they make it clear that Annie is a part of it without saying anything, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pierce is like, great, now I gotta start the whole joke over again. <laughs> and Britta loses it at him. My favorite part of that part is when Britta, like, goes off and Shirley, like, is trying to, like, support Britta's joke, and she's like, oh, then she's like, I don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> she tried her best. I like, like, Britta's gonna crush his windpipe with her three-ring binder. Gosh, she's really missing her cigarettes. Britta yells at Jeff then when Jeff tries to calm her down, and she calls his face pointy, which it is a little pointy. It's a little pointy. But she she was really, I mean, she was trying to take a dig at Jeff there, because she knows yeah. how, how vain he yeah. is. Jeff has a good line delivery the way he says, like, Britta, I'm saying this because I care about you and you're my friend, but I think you should start smoking again. <laughs> and everyone in the room is also like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I think this is a pretty decent Jeff episode. I'll throw that out there. There are a couple of really cringy things that he does, but he, like, fails a lot in this episode. On per- Like, the show does that intentionally. And I think the cringy stuff that he does, everyone's like, ugh, you're being kind of cringy, dude. Yeah, I agree. I like Jeff quite a bit more in this episode than I have so far this season, mm-hmm. for sure. There's always that theme of him kind of going through some growth in each episode. And the growth in this episode is really subtle and I think really well done. Yeah, I agree. I think this is them doing some of the better, like, season one growing of the characters. Now, of a lot of the characters, this is one of the first episodes that doesn't feel like they're setting things up anymore it doesn't feel like establishing it just feels like we're in it now yeah and i like that like everybody is like doing stuff in support of one another but they're still all Mm -hmm. doing their own thing which i like we're still not to the show at its zaniest season two is really where that comes through where the show almost becomes like a cartoon kind of yeah but uh, this one's pretty pretty silly kind of lower key than like the paintball episode or the chicken fingers episode or the halloween episode but it kind of is close to those it is right because i mean it's making the intensity of a community college division three debate yeah match (laughs) did you ever do anything like debate team um did we have a debate team because i feel like i wanted to do debate team 
I feel like there was something like it and I knew people who were in it and I don't think it was called that and I was kind of interested, but I never really heard anything. Yeah, I... I feel like we could have crushed it. Oh, yeah. I think we would have been awesome at that. We would be a pretty damn good dynamic duo and debate team until we started arguing with each other. But until then, we'd be like, you know, I was going to say the great debaters, but... (laughs) I don't think we've ever had a conversation without arguing with each other. I don't um, think we'd be as good of it. I don't think I think we'd be good at it. I disagree. I think we've had lots of conversations. <laughs> you son of a bitch! <laughs> if anything, this podcast has shown that we do not work well as a as a duo. No. Uh, they're talking about Britta quitting smoking, and Pierce brings up, "Have you thought about hypnotherapy?" Which is totally a thing that Pierce would be into, and like trying to learn how to do. And Jeff goes, "Like I bet you he's t- gonna he's gonna say it's him." <laughs> Like, his name is Pierce Pierce Hawthorne, Hawthorne. and I'm very effective. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Jeff is like, can I block out annoying voices? And Pierce just giggles like a little kid's like, Jeff, she's right there. (laughs) I I love it when Pierce thinks that he's like, he gets so excited when he's in on a joke, but he (laughs) is never correctly (laughs) in on the joke. This has to happen to set up their storyline for this episode, which I think is really good. But it is a little quick for Britta to go from jumping on Pierce's neck to feeling like such a friend that she needs to do what he's offering to do. Yeah, I agree. She, like, instantly isn't mad anymore, which I feel like when you quit cigarettes, it's less, like, mood swings and more just being pissed. You're pissed, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so lucky that I've never had to go through that where I've, like, had an addiction or a dependency that I've had to starve off. I'm sure it's awful. Not fun, I'm sure. I've certainly seen people, you know, try and fail and try and fail to quit. Yeah. So good on Britta. I don't think she's... uh, I think she does smoke a little bit more through the series. Yeah, a few more times. (laughs) Britta agrees to let Pierce hypnotherapize her. And Jeff and Britta have like a sidebar and they cover their mouths and whisper. And I like how they, they, they shoot it and they act like everybody else isn't still there. Just like listening to them or seeing... Nobody else is talking. Yeah. Britta does say, hey, I need to be nice uh, because I just yelled at him. So I guess she feels a little bit bad. Yeah, that was a a funny way to just kind of have them away. But I, they, I feel like they do that a lot of times in shows where, like, two people will just, like, start talking amongst themselves and it's not a thing that affects the rest of the group. Like, they don't care. Right. Where I feel like that's kind of right. unrealistic. Like, if you're having a conversation... That doesn't happen in real life, yeah. No. They'd be like, what the hell are you saying? Not like I'm ever talking to more than one person in my cat at a time you know troy walks into the study room and man troy is on fire this entire episode (laughs) and i like how he's setting up abed's story for this episode even though abed doesn't really do a ton within it i like how the way he leads is have you seen the film department's website (laughs) and jeff's like what do you think he's like guys (laughs) has anyone seen the film department's website other than the film department right and it appears like the film department is just abed so Everyone gathers around the laptop, and we see the films Abed has been making that are just caricature versions of the study group doing things that they've done, but earlier, like before they happened, that makes it seem like he's telling the future. <laughs> yeah, like the I... one that we watch is fake Jeff and fake study group. They're confronting him about living in his car, which was just last week's episode. Mm-hmm. I, I liked uh, when the fake Britta was like... Jeff, stop being so relaxed. <laughs> it is good because, like, you know, 
Abed. It's his mystical... He's a shaman. It also makes me notice they must be on a more steady production cycle now to where the episodes are coming out in the right order since they're yeah. referencing just last week's episode. Which is good. And also a little, like, you know, meta. Yeah, with sitcoms, you don't things. expect it to be like, oh, remember what happened last week? But it's a nice touch when it feels like what happens carries over a little bit. Yeah. I heard on the commentary, so before Community, Dan Harmon had a online sketch website that had some traction called Channel 101. And a lot of the people mm. in the fake study group were people who were involved with that stuff. The only person in it that looked familiar to me was the the Shirley. I don't know that I really recognize any of them. And then, of course, uh, Fake Pierce wasn't in the comedy group. That's Chevy Chase's stand. That's cool, though. I like that he, you know, he's got his buddies in it. Everyone's watching the video, and they're like, oh, he's making videos about what happened. And Troy says, no, this came out two weeks ago, and that happened one week ago. Another classic Troy line. This is wrinkling my brain. This is wrinkling my brain. That's wrinkling my brain. <laughs> That's one that, that I feel like I use a fair amount, that my brain is being wrinkled. So they're all talking about the movie, and everyone's like realizing that it's about them, and, and the and Abed is copying them, and Pierce just goes, who's that old guy? He <laughs> <laughs> says, hi, I'm Pierce Hawthorne. Oh, that was such a great like finish to the the open. He probably thought Jeff was him. The fake Jeff was him. Oh, absolutely, because he was the cool guy who walked in the room and everyone talked to. Uh, so now we're in the hallway and Annie, Professor Whitman, returning. John Michael Higgins. Hey, it was very positive to see him again. And Dean Pelton, all like mob Jeff, because they're trying to get him in on the debate team. There's some really funny lines in this. The dean and Professor Whitman throughout the episode don't get to do a lot, but when they do talk, it's some of their really funnier lines too. Yeah, my my like biggest downside of this episode was I just wanted more John Michael Higgins than I got. I, I agree. Like he really did not have a whole lot. I, and it, it, the rest of the episode was great, but I just wanted more. With this whole series, he was in four episodes this season. I don't think he was in it anymore after this season. I could be wrong. Well, did you catch the... Uh... <laughs> The, the soup reference in there? That's a really funny line because Whitman says, Jeffrey, as debate coach, I am offering you an opportunity to spend the night drinking from the cup of life rather than romancing your nether regions in front of the E-channel. It's a total piss take of Joel saying that he, like, jerks it watching himself in the <laughs> soup. <laughs> so that was pretty stinking funny. That is really funny, and I bet Joel was... I, I bet he would think that's really funny, too. Yeah. I, he was probably a pretty good sport about it. Uh, you also get a great, after Jeff, you know, of course, is like, no, not happening. Yeah. <laughs> I like when the dean, like, gets really mad at him. He's like, listen, jerkwad, and then apologizes right away. He's like, oh, wait, I'm sorry, sorry. It's also really funny right before that when he's trying to exit the situation and the entire group thwarting him, like, steps the direction he's faking them out and <laughs> then still comes the right direction and is, is in front of him. <laughs> Greendale needs a win. This is the first real mention of city college yeah and the relationship between greendale and city college i love you don't rock how, with city college i love how generic city college is <laughs> it's literally just called city college and in the debate stands all of the people wearing t-shirts just say in black text city college <laughs> i love it i i, I, I mean, it's a flushed out school it's let's a talk about this college. for a second the dean has a joke here that i think is funny Later on, they show this joke visually, and I think it's not funny. Mm. He, he's talking about how we really need this win. The best 
compliment our sports program gets is that our basketball team is really gay. So I think that's a funny joke. It's like a throwaway joke. Yeah. You didn't find it. You didn't think it was funny later on. Mm-mm, that we see like stereotypical gay people with like mustaches and crop tops and like being yeah. bad at basketball. That's fair. Yeah. They mentioned it on the commentary, and Dan said that this was an episode that because of all the work he had to do, he kind of made himself take a step away from this one and trust everybody else. Mm-hmm. And he said that that joke was the one thing that he wasn't crazy about. And they kind of joked around with it on the commentary and said they should have made it where when you see them, they're really good at basketball. That would have been so much funnier. Yeah, I agree. That would have been so much funnier. That's not until later in the episode, but I, I laughed at the joke when the dean says it in the beginning, and then no, I didn't really think it was funny later in the episode. It's not overly offensive, but it's a little... It's a little. Yeah. So the dean is going to do anything to get Jeff on this debate team. (laughs) uh, Parking space, free meals. And then we get our first overtly sexual... The dean really showing how he feels about Jeff when he's like a night of... A night of pleasure. A night of uh, (laughs) uh, companionship. (laughs) Oh, man. Poor dean. He must be a lonely guy. But I guess we don't know what the Dean's doing when he's at home. He might be getting it. He might. I could see the Dean being married. That's interesting. (laughs) Jeff agrees to do it just to make sure that the Dean won't say what he meant. Then we cut to Pierce and Britta in like a music auxiliary room. Pierce is trying to hypnotize her. I think this scene is really funny too. I think all three of the plots this episode are pretty good. I do too. I think it's hilarious that he's sitting there with a basic hypnosis book in his hands. (laughs) Obviously reading it for the first time as he's trying to do it. You know that he had no interest in this until Britta said it and he was like, well, I could probably do that. Yeah. (laughs) Pierce, you know, he is always willing to volunteer to help yeah that's kind of always says, his plot is somebody is something he's like oh i can do that like, i'm great at that <laughs> britta's like what are you gonna dangle a pocket watch in front of my face and tell me i'm getting very <laughs> sleepy and pierce like puts the pocket watch away and he's like i was just checking the time that was a really <laughs> funny joke oh man because of course he didn't know anything about it so that's probably exactly what he was gonna do yep he's like i'll get a book i'll get a pocket watch I'll be good to go. Close your eyes, keep them closed, listen to my voice, and the secret word to wake up is gorilla. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think? Let's debate about this. Okay, I've never been hypnotized or tried to use hypnotherapy for anything. I don't really know anybody that has. What do you think? Do you think it's real? I've never been hypnotized or anything. I think there's some science behind some of it. Uh, Well, there's gotta be. I buy a lot of it. I've seen some videos where they hypnotize, like, the whole, like, football team or something on the stage and stuff. Um, What? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) For Like, a lot of, like, college football teams will, like, as, like, a team-building exercise, they'll, like, bring in, like, a hypnotist and, like, Ten of them will get up on the stage, and he'll, like, hypnotize them and stuff, and it's always really funny. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I've definitely seen it on, like, talent shows and stuff, but I don't know. I guess I've never had... I've never experienced it, so I can't help but be a little skeptical. Listen, I'm not letting anybody hypnotize me. I'd be interested to let it happen under the right circumstances, because I feel pretty firmly that it wouldn't happen to me. So I'd kind of like to be proved wrong. I'll come hypnotize you. I know a great uh, hypnotherapist. Ten to one, I bet he's going to say it's him. All the shots of Britta calmly reacting with her face to what Pierce is saying while she's pretending to be asleep are really funny. It fades to a little bit later. He is swinging the pocket watch. (laughs) (laughs) He's saying, you know, you'll associate smoking with things that disgust you. 
which I think is a pretty common. I think that's really what they do. Yeah. <laughs> but the stuff he says, he's like, Bad tasting food. Sex with men. Wearing attractive clothing. Yeah, that was funny. The the running joke of him thinking Britta's a lesbian. Or, or calling Britta a lesbian, more so. The thing that Pierce hits on, like, every woman, or is, like, attracted to every woman, but wants nothing to do with Britta, is pretty funny. Yeah, it's, it's Pierce hilarious. was on board the let's hate on Britta train before everybody else was. <laughs> Brittles. So then we get our first Pierce pratfall, where he just dives into the drums and saxophones and trumpets. Once again, scorned by musical instruments, Pierce Hawthorne. And I have to call you out, because I think last week you were talking about a situation where Pierce had tripped in I was, the series and earlier. Was and I think moment. you were talking about this one that we watched during the rewatch. I was talking about this one. I, I had forgotten when in time yeah. it took place. I think the viewers demand an apology. To... First of all, the American people. <laughs> I have not served the office that I... Okay, okay, we're here for a reason. Pierce wiped out, and it was really funny. Pierce did that pratfall, and Chevy Chase did that himself. They said that he's all about doing a pratfall. <laughs> Wait, <And> that he... <laughs> in this one, I think when they filmed it, he wasn't supposed to fall. He just did it. And there's a blooper out there of Gillian reacting, thinking that Chevy just, like, tanked. <laughs> I would like to see that. Uh, you can look it up if you look up the... I don't know if it's on the blooper reel or... It's out there somewhere. I'm sure and it's on the YouTube. Britta's so clinging to making Pierce think that he can do this that she's not willing to wake up. <laughs> and <laughs> Pierce is like, damn, my talent. <laughs> that, that, that is one of my favorite lines in the whole episode. That's a damn, my talent. That's a good one. That probably got my second hardest laugh. So now we're in the study room again. It's Jeff in that really weird shirt, but great sock match combo. Yeah, terrible shirt. <laughs> and he's trying to make sure that he's really in this, and he's like, you know, I was a lawyer. I did this for a living. It'll be a breeze. Uh, Britt is there as well, and they discuss the hypnotherapy. He fell down and screamed in pain while I laid there with my eyes closed to make him feel like a good hypnotherapist. Do you realize this will never end? It's already done. He just wants one more session. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. Everyone else wah, walks in wah. other than Abed. Shirley and Troy are really worked up over Abed's films about them. <laughs> and even to the point that when he walks in the room, they gasp. He's a witch! Just to prove their point further, he walks in and is like, I know what you'll say, you watch my movies. <laughs> <laughs> that, that whole scene is hilarious because Abed, like... <laughs> he just plays it up. Yeah, I also love that Shirley points him and goes, he's a witch! And uh, uh, Troy stands up, like, defensively to his best friend and is like, let's get him. Yeah. <laughs> and Abed just says really nonchalantly as he's explaining to him, he says, not a witch. Not a witch. <laughs> it's like, I know you guys so well, I can predict your behavior. There's some really great interactions in this. The one with Abed and Shirley is great, where, yeah. you know, he says you're nice and kind and loving. Oh, oh that's, that's nice. nice. I also know you have thinly veiled rage issues. Careful, Careful boy. Oh. That whole scene is, is 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 like very, very good. I think that, you know, it's it's great Abed, but also like highlights some stuff about all the characters. It's really funny. Troy yeah. crying, you know, Jeff. Yeah. Well, he pulls out his laptop and makes everyone watch what he's working on to kind of say what he's doing. He's like, Jeff's character uh, is vain. So it's like the one of Pierce saying, oh, I'm top of the class and Jeff getting mad. Mm -hmm. Um <laughs> And they all look at Jeff, who is showing off his sock that matches his shirt and, like, looking at his nails. 
They're like, Jeff's vain. <laughs> like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> and then it cuts to Troy's character crying, and this is where we get that other great Troy line. Why am I crying? Would I accidentally listen to Come Sail Away by Sticks again? <laughs> Which is understandable. That's an awesome it's an emotional line. song. That's a great um, foreshadowing. Speaking... They bring that back in Donald Glover's very last episode in the series. Yeah, uh, they do. As a uh, cover by Amy Mann, I believe, of that song plays as he's exiting the show. Nice. Shout out to Amy Mann. That song. Just come on the show. Amy, <laughs> Please. we know Gosh. you're listening. <laughs> One of my favorite TV pilots of all time, Freaks and Geeks, the okay. end of that pilot, they play Come Sail Away by Six in its entirety, and it's great. That is a great show. Mm-hmm. Abed reassures them, it's just a movie, I can't predict the future, <laughs> but then it shows... <laughs> He had Pierce in that music room breaking his leg or whatever, and then Pierce, the real Pierce, walks into the study room with the with the brace or whatever. Uh, what would you call that? With yeah, like a it's boot, a brace. Like I a think. boot on his leg. That great line uh, <laughs> to Jeff about his shirt trying to get out of his pants. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a really funny way to put it. Now we cut to the gymnasium, and it's Annie giving her opening. I love how they just cut into the middle of the debate. Yeah. Like, it's Annie talking, give your opening statement. And what she says is good, but it's pretty tense. Mm-hmm. She's pretty, like, timid. Like, when people have to public speak, uh, Alison yeah. Brie played that off pretty well. Totally. She gets some applause, but then, From you know, the friends. real star of the show pops up. And, and by that, of course, Zach, I mean Jeremy Soulpatch Simmons. Jeremy is a great one-episode character. He truly is. He's a great antagonist. He's so annoying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the actor, I... You know, I am not prepared to this extent. I wanted to look up the actor that played him, and I did not. Can't but the really. actor who played yeah. him did a great job. And in the audio commentary, Dan mentioned that he is in like a popular sketch comedy group. Oh. And he didn't know what they were called either. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds just about right. Yeah, so they announced that now it's Jeremy's turn to talk after Annie like meekly says her piece. And there's like 12 people there for Greendale and like 200 people there. It looks like the Greendale side of the bleachers is, like, socially distancing. And then the <laughs> City College side is all the people who still went on spring break anyway. Yeah. <laughs> They're all super excited about Jeremy. Like, everyone's standing up and, like, cheering and applauding. They said on the commentary, too, that Jeremy's supposed to be, like, just that shitty kid who knew everything in high school and comes to college like, I'm the man. And just the type of person that would be so annoying to someone like Jeff. Yeah. And he totally is. They did that great. They really did. Because he's, he's like the anti-Jeff. You know, he's... Yeah. Everybody likes him, you know, and he likes himself. Like, it's like <laughs> the double whammy. So Jeremy comes up and gives his side of the debate, and he's so dramatic. <laughs> and he they're on the man is good side of things. And I love that... They're on the man is good side of things, but Jeremy throughout the episode is terrible. Absolutely. This is when he mentions stuff like the average life expectancy is 23 years longer than a man alone. It's okay. That'll be fine. I hate it. You'd be the guy's like, oh, guys, I don't know if you know who I am, but. (laughs) Um, If you don't mind, because you guys like. You guys are interfering with. Dozens of listeners. <laughs> uh, not all fun. I'm sure it'll edit out. <laughs> but I might have to leave a little bit in just so I can put that. Uh, yeah, Jeremy is given his speech, and 
this is where he brings up the dean. He's like, man is good. He says, just 10 minutes ago, a bald, bespectacled man held the door for a man in a wheelchair. <laughs> and the dean's reaction, first he's just like, oh, and looks at Whitman. And Jeremy keeps saying, man is good. And they applaud. And I love the dean, like, puts his hands on his chest. Like, oh, I hate this guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but he's smiling I, and, like, acting nice. Right. I, I love, like... Because like we said, we don't get a ton of, like, Dean and Whitman, but they're there the whole time, which is nice. And all their moments are golden. Yeah, and all their, like, little subtle things they're doing in the Mm -hmm. background are so funny. We really don't get the Dean being a main character until, like, season three, four, honestly. That's kind of how it is these first couple seasons. They do more with him and develop his character more, but they don't focus on him that much until season three, I think. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy explains that he's going to use facts and data and numbers to prove to everyone that man is good. Uh, which kind of is going to counter what Jeff's approach is to do something like this. Before Jeff gets to go and rebuttal, there's a really bizarre Whitman line. Little trick for achieving the proper competitive mindset. I always envision my opponent having aggressive sex with my mother. Yeah, that was odd choice. Jeff doesn't say anything or react or anything. He just, like, raises his eyebrows and, like, tilts his head and leaves that situation. Yeah. So now it's Jeff's turn to take the stage. Let's talk about this. Jeff does his lawyer shtick and tries to charm the audience, which I'm sure is what he did in the courtroom. Yeah, he tried to winger speech it. And it's so cringy. Yeah. The way he walks up to the woman judge and talks about, like, how hot she is and, like, who's noticed how hot you are. I don't know. He's loosely connecting it to the man is good, but he's really just hammy. This is cringy and bad. Yeah, and you knew that's exactly what he did to jurors when yeah. he was, you know. And it probably worked. But it doesn't work when you're in community college coming at a judge yeah. in a debate competition. At least this is written to be cringy and bad, you know. Yeah. He, he counters Jeremy as, like, using facts and numbers, and he's like, we're going to have more fun. I think we could express ourselves in song. And God, is it cringy when he's singing in falsetto in front of the whole audience. God, yeah. is it cringy. Yeah, that is... Uh... The song he's singing is a, is a favorite of mine. It's a good song. It's a little ridiculous, but literally as soon as he starts singing... Everyone in the audience is like clapping along. Like they were, they the, knew immediately. They were so I ready. If he, like if he like told them beforehand, like you know when he was like getting ready for his speech. When you see the whole crowd, Pierce really stands out because he's just like got this really awkward smile, like trying to fit in while he's clapping. Which I believe it probably was Chevy Chase trying to fit in and clap with the rest of the group. Like oh, everyone else is clapping. I guess. Uh, uh. Like, oh, I love the song. <laughs> Jeff li- takes off his headset microphone and throws it on the ground. And we get the points for the round. City College with 50 and Greendale with 8. It's really nice to see Jeff fail. Yeah. And to be like, he's so surprised by it. He walks up to the judges and questions them on their ruling. I hate that. Lily and I were watching America's Got Talent last night. And it was a situation where the judges, like, those shows are rigged and whatever. Yeah. There there was like a, a contestant that the judges said no to. And then the contestants, like, kept, like, explaining to the judges why they were wrong and, like, why they should... They're like, no, but we're good. That it annoyed me so much. In what situation has anyone ever, like, changed someone's mind by no, saying I something No, I hate like that. that. I always hated it on American Idol. I hate yeah. it on Saving You Can Dance. And on Saving You Can Dance, it used to upset me because they used to let... Well, what they used to do is they used to let them go to the choreography round and then mm-hmm. they just cut them there. But, mm-hmm. like, 
it's not a good look. Jeff didn't get what he wanted out of this, and Jeremy is just pawing at Jeff to try to make him mad, and he says something like, Nice work, L.A. Law. All sizzle, no stink. This is when the basketball team runs in. Them having to give up the gym because they didn't have it scheduled is funny. I think this joke could have been funny, but I don't think the visual is funny. No, the only part of it that I, I laughed at was the great try, Bruce, great try. Yeah, I liked that. And it makes sense that the Greendale basketball team would be awful, but it uh, it, it seems like they're implying that they they can't play basketball because they're all yeah, gay. Yeah, I think it would have been much, much funnier if they were really good. But that's one of my only qualms in a great episode. I agree. Like I said before, I know you said it, it's not the popular take, but this is my favorite little string of episodes in season one. Oh, it's definitely a solid one because this is this is really where the show's finding itself. Mm-hmm. And then later on in the season, it's that string of episodes where they're like, now we can get weird with it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. So they have to suspend the debate until tomorrow because the basketball team has it. And we cut after that to... Jeff and Annie are leaving. Even the human being, like, scoffs at Jeff, and Jeff says, bite me, because Jeff has just let the school down so bad. I like, like, when he kicks the trash can. It's just so, like, dramatic. <laughs> Jeff is starting to get good and pissed now because Annie says, oh, you probably couldn't even beat him anyway. <laughs> and that Jeff can't accept that, so he's like, now we're going to study harder and beat City College tomorrow, and Annie's face totally shows that she was kind of trying to make that happen. Mm-hmm. But when Annie says, really... Jeff has that. Who am I? iCarly? Okay, question for you. iCarly podcast. I'm so down. What? In the iCarly era of Nickelodeon, did you watch yeah. much? Over there? Like, have you seen much iCarly? I was young enough to still really to still be interested and like iCarly when it came out. Mm-hmm. I think I was done watching Nickelodeon before it ended, but I think I came back to watch the last episode. There was one specific episode that was kind of the jumping the shark one for me, and then after that, it just sucked. Yeah, I, which was that? It we'll was say, the we'll, one... we'll discuss it more on the iCarly podcast. Yeah. Um, I what would it be called? Uh, us, Zach, and Steven. Uh, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll workshop Sam it. Sam and we'll, Cat. We'll workshop. Oh God, that one was bad. <laughs> that was really bad. I did I watch the first episode though. of that. I like uh, Victorious more than what iCarly. What was the jumping the shark? They like either like did like a like magical soup or something like that, and it was like oh. really weird. I don't think I was around for that or one. Or like a voodoo, or not voodoo, or like something happened, like a mad crystal ball. Or it was really weird. I was not here for that. Yeah, and after that, the show just took a turn. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like Jeanette McCurdy, though. Big fan. Annie tries to drive home like, <laughs> you act like stuff doesn't bother you, but it does. And Jeff retorts with the super lame like i used to be a lawyer and now i'm at a stupid thing <laughs> that's where we get the soul patch simmons uh just as he says soul patch simmons it summons him in the hallway and i think this might be the cringiest moment of the entire episode when <laughs> simmons like <laughs> sings the song as he's wheeling down the hallway i think it's so cringy zero and for winger kick that <laughs> I do love the kick that, and his sidekick kicks it while making direct angry eye contact with Jeff the whole time. <laughs> here's, I, what I, here's what I don't like. Okay. So in the songs that Simmons sings, how does he know that Jeff used to be a big shot lawyer? I Now he's a loser. And how does he know little Annie Adderall had no friends in high school or whatever he says? How does he know that stuff? Yeah, the Annie thing, I, I I could buy, because he did his research on who he's going up against, you know, because they've probably gone toe-to-toe before. But 
I don't with, know the Jeff one. I feel like it's a little bit of a stretch because well, the Jeff is like, a stretch for me because Jeff just joined the debate team the day before. Yeah, and it's like a traveling. Deb- I'm sure they go to other debate teams like every week. So I don't think they dig that deep into their opponent, other than this is a sitcom. Yeah, not in real life, no. But I think that if he's really that much of a star, because they knew Jeremy Simmons going in, you know. Yeah, and but I little... think that the Jeff is a stretch. But and I do. He... <laughs> I guess maybe maybe I like this. I don't know. But when he sang the song, when he uh, they left in when he was trailing off on the loser, he kind of started laughing, and I'm guessing that was more so the actor laughing than the. I feel like the actor would probably felt a little bit awkward having to. I'm sure that's just it. Just is cringy, yeah. and even Annie's line after it is kind of like, okay, now that that's done, <laughs> she comes in like it didn't even happen. Like, yeah, they don't acknowledge it at all. Uh, after that little blurb, that's when we get the awesome Troy and Britta exchange. As they're walking to the study room, we cut to them. I liked you better when you were smoking. I'm so sorry. No, you're right. My feet are long and stupid. You cannot ring that bell. As someone whose own mother used to make fun of his feet and say that he had monster feet because mm-hmm. they were big. And, mm-hmm. you know, long and stupid feet is a real thing. And, Damn. you know, that bell cannot be unrung, and that's pain that does not go away. So before you... Uh, verbally attack a loved one's feet size. Just think about what you're doing. The more you know. <laughs> do do do. Now sponsored by NBC. Was, so it, was it NBC Go or NBC on the on the move? In NBC Mobile. Peacock. Peacock. <laughs> That's what it's called. <laughs> Their new streaming service. Psych Two, starring Joel McHale. See it on Peacock. 2020. <laughs> I love Psych. I haven't watched all of it, but I really enjoy what I've seen. I need to sit down and watch all of it. It's great. Um, Troy is crying because of the stuff that Britta said, and surely in the last couple episodes, they really haven't done her so well, where her thing is just to like be in a room when something happens so she can react to it. Yeah. She's like, oh no, that's from the movie. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's surely... a shame because they do such a good job in this episode with all the characters, but they, they, they really do use Shirley a lot as just... Ooh, I saw this, and now I'm going to go say it in a different room. Mm-hmm. Shirley confronts Abed and snatches his newspaper from him. I don't know. This part's kind of lame, I guess. I I don't... It, I don't yeah. know. No, I agree. I think it is lame. I think that they could have used it and made a really funny little joke at the end, but it never pays off, so I say lame. Yeah, they could have used this whole Abed making movies about the study group a little bit better, I think. It's cute, but there are, like, three or four scenes of, Abed, what's wrong with you? You're a mind reader. I'm not a mind reader. Here's another thing that I predicted. I don't yeah. know. They, they do it a couple too many times. And I would have been fine with it if the werewolf thing uh, finished off in a funny way. I think I would have been I don't, fine with it. I don't know if they could have done that in a way that I would have not called bullshit on. That's fair. So Abed says, you know, all of this is just a coincidence that I'm actually predicting stuff. I'm just an entertainer, and if you don't believe me, look at what I'm making right now. And this is where we see his new film that is all stuff that seems like it would never happen, like what we've just been talking about, Shirley being chased by a werewolf. We also get Jeff and Annie kissing each other. Shirley's like, well, none of that stuff will ever happen, so I feel better now. And you just know that when they show that, that it's just setting up that this stuff is going to happen. 100%. 100%. And the Jeff and Annie stuff happens, and it makes Shirley fear for her life that there's going to be a werewolf when she thinks it's so ridiculous. Maybe that's the payoff, that she's willing to believe that, oh, no, now there is a werewolf after me. 
You know what I mean? They didn't go as far as showing it, but they she actually feared for it because of the movies. Yeah. Now we cut to a scene that starts out kind of uneventful that's Annie and Jeff in the study room getting ready for the second night of the debate. So Annie is telling Jeff that if you want to do better next time, you need to prepare. And Jeff starts calling out Annie and telling her that she needs to loosen up, which might be true, but I don't think he has any right to call her out right now after how badly he bombed the first time. No, he doesn't at all, because he doesn't know anything about debate club or competition yeah. or stuff like that. Now, Just one thing that I will it. say here in okay. in terms of Jeff that I actually was like, okay, maybe this is nice. I don't know if this was this intentionally thoughtful. It might be mm. like supposed to be kind of the other way around. But he got his first ever stress headache here, which tells you two things, Zach. He's it invested. Tells you that he, yeah, it tells you that he, first of all, never was this invested in being a lawyer or mm. a law Well, clearly wasn't invested in law school, but mm. <laughs> invested in this stuff, you know, as he is this. And I think that should that speaks well to his character, you know. Man, I picked up on that conversation, but I did not think of it that way. That's thoughtful. Yeah, good, good on you, good, mate. Good for yeah, you know, it is I figure since I'm always shitting on Jeff, I might as well say it's one nice thing about him once. Yeah, Jeff does some annoying stuff on this episode, but the writers are thoughtful on what they're doing with him, so it makes it a little more palatable. Mm-hmm. So now that Annie feels like she needs to loosen up, this is when we get our first like Annie's kind of sexy now, I guess. Yeah, it's 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 crazy the difference that a hair clip made. And in... taking off that cardigan. Yeah. And and here's here's what I what I will say. Okay. We've oh, no. talked. I know. Where's this going? <laughs> Let me get some good squeaks in here first. Yeah. Okay. Squeak it. Um, here's what I'll say. I think that we've talked about, you know, extensively <laughs> how neither of us are a huge fan of most of the relationship stuff in this show. Yeah, it's cute in this episode. Is that yeah, what you're going to say? I, yeah, I don't mind it here. I don't yeah. think that, that it's bad. I mean, there's some tension between them that I like. I mean, now, is Annie ridiculous uh, leaning... I over his shoulder like that is that something realistic probably not but i mean the, the tension's definitely there i agree with you from when she puts her hair down and you can just like you can see it in jeff's face and i don't know but annie is pretty young yeah she is there's that really popular community meme of a line from a future episode where i think it's the jack black episode where it's like annie's pretty young we try not to sexualize her <laughs> yeah that's a good one and it looks like jeff is struggling to follow that rule that i think he's the one who said yeah absolutely then, i think that he knows that he's quite a bit older than her and then again pretty... Shirley shows up sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you say what you were gonna say okay um that he's quite a bit older than her and it'd be a little inappropriate you know it, under mm -hmm. most circumstances for them to be in a relationship but they are you know peers in a college i think that's why it's good that the show never goes farther than, oh, we're kind of attracted to each other. Maybe there's a chance we'll hook up. Maybe mm -hmm. there's a chance that we'll like kiss a couple times. But I think for them to be in a relationship would be it would have to be unhealthy. It would have to be kind of wrong. Yeah, a little bit until later on in life. You know, maybe if they do more with the characters in the future, it would make more sense now that Annie's like 30. Yeah, totally. There's just another case of Shirley showing up just at the right time to react to something and leave. She opens the study door, says, Abed said you guys were going to kiss, closes the door and leaves. <laughs> hey, but Yvette Nicole Brown earning that series regular money. Hey! Know? Yeah. 
do your thing. It's awkward and a little bit cheesy, but they're like, what? Us kissing? (laughs) Never. What? And then Jeff, like, intensely stares back at her after he says that. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I like the tension in the scene. It's funny. Yeah, it's almost like whenever you and I are in the same room. I get it. We, I, the way I stare at you is the way Jeff We don't do the podcast from separate locations because of inability to be together it's just no. that we would not get through much we would nope. <laughs> just, oh i'd pat him on the head and have to leave yeah just pat me on the head <laughs> so they're like we gotta get back to work we can't focus on this and it's such an awkward the way that annie puts the book in front of jeff so she can stand behind jeff and look over his shoulder to show off her cleavage yeah you know the way that they framed it like that's she why did she stand up in the first place <laughs> Yeah, you know, they're reading. Why couldn't he have just read? And but the line where it's like, "Man is a collection of base animal urges. To act on them and experience sinful pleasure would be morally no different than taking a breath." Just as Jeff like takes notice of the attractive young woman that's right next to his face. Yeah, it definitely builds like, attention. They're like, maybe we should do this somewhere or like separately alone. <laughs> And Annie has that Freudian slip. She's like, maybe then that way we can be more reproductive. Productive. <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty good one. But good on Jeff being like, you know what? I should remove myself from this situation. <laughs> They're like, almost hugged. Nope, probably shouldn't touch each other. Maybe <laughs> hug again. No, nope, probably not. Pat, pat, pat. I really like the bit where uh, <laughs> Jeff like leaves and she's like, but your phone. He's like, oh, I can get another one. We cut right to the other high sexual tension partner up of the, of the, of the episode, <laughs> Pierce and Britta. Oh. <laughs> Britta's lying on the couch again, and Pierce, she's already in fake asleep, and Pierce is going right back into the, uh, when you see a cigarette, you'll think of stuff that disgusts you, and Pierce totally catches her with her eye half open, (laughs) and so he decides to start playing around with her. Here's a fun fact that I think is super interesting. The shots that are just of Britta opening her eyes, Yeah. I guess they didn't have the right shots for this scene when they filmed it. So they used shots from a previous day where Gillian was wearing a different shirt. And then in, like, post-production, they changed the color of her shirt. Really? I didn't notice. Yeah, and I even tried to look really hard at it. And I don't know if I can notice or not. It, lo- it looks fine. That's crazy. hmm And wow. Pierce decides now he's going to mess with Britta since he knows what's up. I still don't like that his go-to is putting them in a sexual situation together. No. But I do like that the intent on Pierce's side is definitely that he's not really interested in Britta. He wants to know Britta's hot friend. (laughs) I just... And he gives us that just such great line. And while you're under so deep, you'll find yourself attracted to slightly older men. Uh, Perhaps some barrel-chested stud with just enough (laughs) tummy to love. You'll want to buy him dinner. Then go back to his hot tub. Perhaps you'll invite one of your friends to join us for a three-way. Maybe someone with low self-esteem and slightly larger breasts. That's what triggers Britta to be like, go to hell, you pig. It's nice to see... <laughs> I don't know. It, it's, it's just a funny scene. <laughs> I don't know if Pierce is totally valid in turning this around on Britta doing no. something wrong towards Pierce. How I get how, like, how dare you pity me. I may be a little bit older, but I don't know. What he said just then was annoying. Yeah, and Britta was was trying to be nice. Yeah. Now, Britta could have just been like, hey, man, that didn't work. Sorry, work on it some more. Yeah. (laughs) Go back (laughs) to the drawing board. I love that Pierce is trying to describe himself in, like, 
the way that Britta belittles him, but all he can come up with is, I'm slightly older, my ideas seem weird, and my fashion sense may cause envy. (laughs) (laughs) I just love, like... Every time Pierce, like, has, like, a little something, like, that should be a jab, he always slips in one little part of he just how he sees himself yeah. as, like, the popular guy. And then he, he's like, uh, but I will not allow myself to be pitied. And then he turns around and falls right back into the drum set <laughs> and, like, really slowly. <laughs> if you watch it, you can really tell that it's Chevy trying to do, like, a fall without really falling. But it's also kind of fun to watch Pierce just, like, crumble, like, one fraction at a time it really is and he's like do not help me up do not now we're back to the debate stage and jeremy is taking off his glasses with a tear in his eye so you know that stuff's going down that's where we get that quote from i don't remember who but where he says snow falls from the heavens pure we cannot blame the snow for being soiled by the earth something that this is a little off but it has to do with jeremy they were gonna bring jeremy back and i guess there were some things in this episode that got cut that kind of applied that annie was attracted to him and that maybe they would uh bring him back as a love interest for her in the future but then as the episode kind of became more about the jeff and annie chemistry they decided to tone it down a little bit which i'm okay with who like i like vaughn so I'm okay with what they did with that later on, but... I would have been interested to see Jeremy come back and, yeah. and and interact with the characters in another setting. Right? I could see him hitting on Britta, even though he's with Annie, you know, just because yeah. he's a baller like that. Yeah. It's in his mind. Jeremy delivers a speech, and the crowd is silent. Uh, the other people on his panel are, are crying. The judges are crying. Troy is crying. <laughs> it's like, that dude gets it. <laughs> And Whitman introduces Jeff. Now it's his turn to really show if he's got it or not. And he does a pretty good job. He does. Jeff comes in strong. Yeah, it's genuine. And you can tell that he read and did his studying and really thought about what he was going to say. He brings up the Stanford Prison Experiment, which is always something I've been deeply interested in. Yeah, I actually, with all this stuff going on, I've had some conversations about this myself. I had a conversation with my mother today and used the Stanford Prison Experiment as an example. Wow. And, yeah, and I think it led to good conversation. That's good. And it's totally true. This is something that is coming up in conversation a lot today, that when people are given power, just normal people given power, that'll go to their head and they'll abuse it. And they'll abuse others. And who can say that any of us wouldn't do that unless we're put in that position or put ourselves in that position? And I think a a part of the experiment that, a lot of people don't talk about that has always fascinated me as well and that I think is equally important is that when somebody who has been abused by someone in power then gets put in that power, they're very likely to do the exact same thing. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And there might be something to say in that specific experiment about the people who were designated as prisoners like submitting to what they were being told to do by the other civilians. I think there's something about that too. Absolutely, there is. That's not really the point of this episode, but it was food for thought. And I think Um, that it's an important thing to uh, educate yourself on. If you've never heard of the experiment, look it up. Um, It's a good part of psychological history. There's a great film adaptation of it with Ezra Miller. Yes, yes, yes. That is also a good way to familiarize yourself with it. That was based on the like direct manuscripts and like videos of when it happened. So it's uh, it's I'm sure it's Hollywood changed a little bit, but they tried to keep it really accurate to what happened. I heard it was pretty well done. I haven't seen it myself yet, but it's definitely on my list 
to watch. It's really good. Jeff's rebuttal saying that because again Jeremy is arguing that people are good and Jeff is arguing that they are not and he uses a Jesus quote to explain <laughs> that which is a good move to take someone who's universal for peace yeah and pacifism and uh yeah he a quote from him saying that there's like not a single good person it was good and and he managed to do a winger speech-esque thing but it wasn't as much bs behind it you know he actually did the work he's talented at speaking it's not that it's just that like his heart's not typically in it yeah when he brings up jesus's name everyone's like face shifts like jeremy's like oh we brought it (laughs) surely can't help but stand up and say that's nice (laughs) another interesting fun fact from the commentary i guess the time that they had to spend in this gym where they filmed was limited well yeah the basketball team had to practice one (laughs) yeah (laughs) and one of the nights i think joel had to leave because he had to go film the soup and i think there was even a night they mentioned something about like there being like a lockdown or something and they had to be stuck in the gym for a little bit but they had like a lot of work to do so it was fine and all that to be said they didn't get everything they needed done so in this montage the shots that are really close-ups of their face were filmed somewhere else oh really they do a good job they said on the commentary that they had to stand they were like up in the air like on top of like a ladder or something and there was like a backdrop of where they were at to get the perspective right Wow. And yeah, it does look good. That's some good, like, special effects and editing in this episode. It's just each of them repeating, like, single buzzwords on their side of the argument as they go back and forth. One of them that doesn't date very well is Jeremy on the people are good side. He brings up Apu from The Simpsons. Yeah. And since then, since this time, Apu on The Simpsons is not thought of so kindly. Well, did, what was it, the the problem with Apu, when did that come out? I guess I had forgotten that that was... Probably like after this episode. 2017, 2018, yeah. Wow, I forgot that was that. Only a few years ago. Recent. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And Apu's not on The Simpsons anymore. Now, I know you're you're much you're much uh, more well-versed and much bigger Simpsons fan than I am. Yeah. We can save that talk for another day if you want, but do you have anything you want to say about Apu? What are your thoughts on whether you think he should be in the show or not? I mean... Uh, I think the problem isn't like the character and how he's portrayed. I think... I'll preface anything I say that I'm a white person and my opinion is just, I don't know, I have thoughts about a TV show that I like. Yeah. I'm no expert on race relations or what is and isn't racist. But I don't think the way he who's portrayed on the show is bad. He's mentioned a lot of times as being like the most eligible bachelor in Springfield. Yeah. And he's like a, he's like one of the hardest workers and people all like him. The issue is that it's a white man doing a a almost parody indian accent. exactly yeah and he owns like a you know convenience store and mm-hmm. which yeah i see there's there's issues there but i think yeah he's not like I, he's not painted as a bad guy but the issue is you know the accent yeah. and i don't think what they do is ill-intended at all of course but i think there are kids who grow up and they see that caricature of an indian person and so when they see an indian person they're like oh it's a poo from the simpsons and absolutely they think of that voice and, yeah so that's the issue Anyway, they're all shouting off these buzzwords uh, as the debate is going. It's really hard to tell who exactly is winning or what they're really talking about. Yeah. I do not like the Pierce line where it cuts to him and Shirley, and he's like, oh, this is a real barn burner. Wait, did I say cross burner? Really? I laughed hard at that. 
the first time. Okay, that's good. I think it's funny, kind of, but it's it just shows that like Pierce didn't say that, but he was clearly thinking. He it. was thinking it, and the reason I laughed is because like we know that Pierce is you know an old racist guy, you know, like at at the end of the day, you know, I mean, like Pierce I think can it, be funny, but I think it comes down more to it that Pierce is really aware that he's next to a black woman. And, like, in his head the whole time they're talking is, like... Don't, don't say, say that, don't cross. say that. Don't, don't say, say burning that. cross. He's like, oh, did I say it? Yeah. I yeah. think... Yeah. It's like how the Dean's brand of racism kind of is. It's mm-hmm. He's trying to be considerate, but really failing And it's it. making it worse, yeah. Yeah. We cut to Jeff and Annie who are talking about how great they are together. Professor Whitman runs back up and delivers a line about Jeff reminding him of himself with slightly worse hair. <laughs> which, I'm not gonna really blow it up, because I would love... Nothing more than Joel McHale to come on our show one day, but Joel McHale hair plugs. Yeah, um, <laughs> John Michael Higgins has much better hair. <laughs> the dean comes up to them and he's so ecstatic and he's like, There's, "You guys are so far ahead. Simmons will have to do something crazy to turn this around. Britta can't handle it. I.e., she needs to go have a smoke." Mm-hmm. Simmons is getting ready for his final push to win this debate and he tears up his notes real dramatically and everyone takes notice of it. <laughs> I love how dramatic they make this. I love how everyone's like, oh, he's, he's going off So book. invested in it. Like, what's yeah. going to happen next? And Abed immediately is like, it's a gambit. <laughs> yeah. This shot of Jeremy flinging himself out of his wheelchair and soaring across the entire stage is so ridiculous and unrealistic. <laughs> the way they have it shot, it looks great. Yeah, every time it happens, I really wish that, it like... It takes him so long. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it pays off, but I really wish that Jeff just wouldn't have caught him. Like, <laughs> but well, it's such a good move does, by Simmons, though. Yeah, it is a great move, and of course he catches him, just like how the dean opened the door for him. Mm-hmm. But Annie, hey, game recognized game. Amy yeah. steps up with an even. Well, well, not yet, not yet. We gotta give to the. Yeah. You know, Jeremy has that great point of. He hates me, yet he caught me. Man is good. <laughs> And I do tend to think that that's a good point. It is. I don't know. If you see your fellow man struggling in a small way and there's something that you can do for them, whether it's like, oh, yeah, man, I've got some jumper cables or like, oh, yeah, man, I've got a dollar since you don't have enough money for whatever you're – you know what I – like stepping up and doing that for people. Yeah. But not to say that people are good universally. Anyway, so Jeff is holding – Jeremy, and it looks like all things are lost because how can he argue that man is evil after he's saved the person that he's trying to, like, tear down? Yeah. We cut to everyone in the audience reacting and Britta just, like, really stressed out pulling a cigarette. (laughs) And Annie has the great idea. This is a little cheesy, and I'll get to why in a second, but she comes up to Jeff and just plants one on him. Mm -hmm. And Jeff gets so invested into it that he drops... Jeremy on the ground. Meanwhile, Shirley is tapping Abed on the shoulder like, your movie's happening, your movie's happening. Yeah. I don't think Jeff would be so unaware of his surroundings that he would drop the dude. I think he would... You know what I mean? You don't? I think that's a little bit romanticized. Yeah, I think, I think yeah, for life. sure. But I, I do think, though, that Jeff would definitely be caught very off guard. Yeah, and it's an incredible way to... Where I'm not giving enough credit to how great this episode is. To where, after that moment with Jeremy, there's no way you think that Jeff and Annie would be no. able to, to beat that. And they do. And Annie thinks of it on the fly, just how she needed to be, like, loosey-goosey and stuff. 
Yeah. The best comes out of both Jeff and Annie when they were able to work together and bring the best out of each other. And I'm not a shipper, but I totally get why this episode would would make people feel that way. Absolutely. I think that it's like, you know, we got a little bit of a hint of it with the um, football episode mm-hmm. and, you know, a couple other things with them working together. But this is like the big time, like, okay, they actually yeah. have some real, like, not just chemistry, but actual, like, tension. Yeah, and we've seen, like oh, these people might be kind of attracted to each other. But this is the first time we see, like, oh, these people work well together mm-hmm. and play well off of each other and bring out good qualities in each other. Whereas I don't ever feel that about Jeff and Britta, personally. I don't know why I feel more partial to Jeff and Britta, because I totally agree with that. Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. I know later in the season we'll get deeper into the Jeff and Britta stuff, because yeah, later for in sure. the first season is when that actually happens. But definitely this episode, as much as I think it's annoying when people ship people on the show... I've been more invested in Jeff and Annie in this episode than I have with him and Brito or him and Slater or anyone in previous episodes. Totally. But I'm still not like, these characters need to get together. Yeah, it's it's nice for an episode or two, <laughs> you know? So everyone kind of accepts what's going on. Jeremy, like, is on the floor, like, ugh, defeated. I love Shirley's knowing nod, like, reacting to, like, yep, men are horny, and they're gonna follow that instead of being good and men are evil because Shirley has definitely lived that yeah she has it. Greendale won the debate they did it they beat City College they're all really excited the moment feels earned everyone's high-fiving Britta all of a sudden can't smoke her cigarette which we'll get to in a little bit because of what she's thinking now there's a great song playing in the background called Home that I've always enjoyed yeah I like that song too it's it's enjoyable it's just a great moment and now we cut to people leaving. And on the audio commentary, they say that, like, this was something that... A line that's delivered was an inside joke for the cast members here. Mm. Where they're all talking about, like, it's Abed, Shirley, and Troy. And they're saying, wow, that was great. Simmons was crazy. And Shirley just goes, I'm going to die by werewolf. <laughs> I guess, like, everybody in the cast would say that all the time. I'm going to die by werewolf. The oh, way okay. She says that, that makes the sense. The way she then. delivers that line. So then Abed, it's really great how everything comes together in this little scene. Abed brings up, once again, you know, no, I'm not a mind reader. In my next one, we all agree Pierce is a genius. And Shirley's like, that's never going to happen and feels better. And this is all done in one shot, which is really impressive. Uh, Pierce and Britta talking about how, you know... Britta can't smoke anymore because it makes her think of a three-way with Pierce in the hot tub and calls him a genius. I love that, you know, Britta calls him a genius and it's like it worked and the only thing Pierce cares about is who's the third. Well, and that's what's so great is Pierce, like, could care less about actually her smoking or not. (laughs) He wanted, he was like, oh, it'd be cool to do hypnotherapy. Then he was like, oh, who are you picturing us with? It's very great. I have a theory that I just came out, that I just came up with. Let's hear Just it. right this second. So, Pierce and Britta are leaving and they talk about a three-way. Mm-hmm. Right after that happens, Abed's standing in the hallway and he hears what they're talking about and that his prediction once again came true. And as that happens, uh, the human being, the dean, and Professor Whitman come out of the gymnasium and I think that's the three-way. <laughs> I think there's a joke there that as soon as they mention a three-way, they come out. Listen, it's probably not unintentional. Professor Whitman says, let's take this bacchanalia outside. What? I don't know what that means. It's like, let's take this, like, let's take this party outside. Yeah. Like, let's take this, like, hedonism, you know, like, pleasure-seeking. Okay. 
like, let's take this rowdy party outside. And then he looks right at Abed and says, full moon tonight. Oh, which no. Which makes Abed think of Shirley and the werewolf. Yeah. But I think that adds to my theory that he's like, things are going to get crazy tonight. Yeah, it, they're planning on getting real real rowdy. And the seems. dean human being and Professor Whitman, yeah, are going to have some fun together. <laughs> so now we're back to Jeff and Annie, and they're having another, like, congratulation of each other. It's really awkward. They don't really know what to say to each other. They should, like, touch each other or hug or, like go get a room or something yeah. you know and they're both like thanks pal thanks buddy <laughs> and this time they go to hug and it doesn't work and Annie <laughs> just says just pat me just pat me <laughs> even more funny is the way they just like after he pats her on the head they just turn on a dime and I know they the zoom away which was like, very as cartoonish as possible yeah yeah and that's the end of the episode other than this end tag which we touched on a little bit already of fake Choi and Abed doing the Spanish rap. And I think it's hilarious. Watching them recreate the Spanish rap doesn't really do a ton for me. Although I do like that the person who's playing Choi is intentionally offbeat, like not quite doing it the way yeah. Choi does it. The funny bit in this all comes from Choi and Abed as directors. Totally. And especially how serious Choi is taking it. <laughs> Cut. Let me ask a question. Do you hate this? Do you hate doing this? Do you? Let me talk to you. Can I talk to you for a second? Just hold on. <laughs> brings Ovid over to talk about it. Choi, after they have their huddle, he does the like circle in the air that's like universal for all right, one more time. <laughs> and he just looks so tired. That's when we get that Ovid. Just have fun with it. Right, you Take can tell Ovid's like, all right, I gotta save this. I'm a director. And that is where this episode ends. Yeah, good one. Really enjoyed it. I feel like we might have. I don't know. I feel like we said a couple of negatives or harped on a couple of things, but. I, it's really just stretching for small nitpicks in an episode that's pretty near flawless. This is a pretty great, like, if you want to know what community's like, this would be a good first episode, perhaps. I think so, too. It's a pretty good one to show. If you want to show a more grounded episode rather than one of the really off-the-wall homage episodes, I think this would be great. I agree. It's, it's definitely uh, going into my list of ones that if anyone asks for a first episode to watch. So... MVP. MVP. It's a tough week for MVP. Yeah, who, who have you got, Zach, this week? I'm curious. I've gone back and forth, uh huh. and I have a person that I could kind of go with for story reasons, and a person that I could kind of go with for joke reasons. All right. And I guess one. I'm going to side... Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm just going to pick one, and I'm going to go with joke reasons, because even though I love Community's Heart, the reason I love it most is because it makes me laugh, Yeah. and the person who made me laugh terribly this week was troy nice everything he said was so funny he didn't have very much to do in the plot but everything he said was hilarious and a lot of it i think is how great of an improviser donald glover is yeah i think i i agree wholeheartedly i think troy was great this week and he was almost my pick i kind of went back and forth a little bit too but i i wonder I, if you're gonna pick my second choice i'm landed on pierce this week oh okay not not mine at all yeah go ahead uh i think pierce had a lot of, i probably laughed uh the most at his jokes this week for me i mean i laughed at all troy's of course but i laughed the hardest at some pierce stuff um and i think that he he accomplished his goal right he was he was a genius at the end you know he got ready to quit smoking <laughs> you're right. so you're right good on pierce yeah throughout these episodes it's kind of like different pairings of the character every time and Pearson Britta is one that does surprisingly work out pretty well. Yeah, I like it. So yeah, that's this week's episode. Yeah, thanks everybody for listening and watching, if those of you are watching on YouTube. I gotta look. I want to look really quick ahead. I want to see what next week is. It's, um, I can't remember what it's called. We're not quite to it yet, but we're getting close to the Jack Black episode. Yeah, 
I haven't seen that in a long time. I think that might be like episode 12. That's one of my favorites of the first season. Nice. Next week's environmental science. Yeah, it's I like one, one of the episodes that we got to do together by ourselves as a part of that rewatch. Oh yeah. So we've had a practice run a little bit. We have. That's yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's a Chang heavy episode. Chang didn't appear in this episode at all. No, it, we're due for some good Changing. Oh man, just to think ahead, we are in a good stretch. I think the next couple episodes are better than the last couple. Um, the next one is the environmental science, which is probably the lesser of the next couple. But then we've got the politics of human sexuality, which is great. Yep. Then we've got comparative religion, which is great. Really good. Then we've got investigative journalism, the Jack Black episode, which is great. Yeah, this is a great stretch. Yeah, this I'm is excited. Just a great show. I'm Steven, excited. tell the people where they can find us. You can find us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook um, and on YouTube at You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. And we're also on Instagram and Twitter, Zach. Yeah, we sure are, buddy. <laughs> uh, Instagram, Can't Disappoint Podcast, and Twitter at You Can't Disappod. We have a lot of fun over there, so come talk with us. Thanks for listening. If you want to converse with us, email us at can'tdisappointpodcast at gmail.com. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks yeah. for being cool. Don't forget to uh, wear your masks when you go out in pop in in public. Don't forget to wear your masks when you go out in public. Uh, yeah. Stay safe, stay healthy, um, yeah. stay informed, everybody. And remember, pandemic people, pandemic. Bear down for midterms. From inside the dreamatorium, this is Zach, and this is Mickey Mouse reminding you to arrest oh the cops that killed Brianna Taylor. No, don't do the same thing again. <laughs> yeah. Don't do this. And this is Steven signing off for You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. Let's try that again. Or we could leave it in because it needs to be said constantly until it happens. Of course it needs to be said. My problem was not with that. My problem was... The Mickey I, I Mouse? Think, I think, yeah, Mickey is taking over the show a little too much. I think that Mickey's not in the show enough. Whatever, now this whole ending is botched. I know. Okay, let's Let's say the outro again, but you can say what you said again. Okay. From Inside the Dreamatorium, signing off, this is Zach. (laughs) And this is Steven uh, saying goodbye. Also, uh, reminding everyone (laughs) to arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. Have a great rest of your day. Very serious. Let's not forget these things. And, yeah, thanks for hanging out. We'll see you guys next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.